1: 10 Takes is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio Welcome to 10 Takes I'm spent I'm spent emotionally, physically The best weekend of football all year It just fried me And yet I'm getting that second wind where I'm just ready to talk about it I, I better be, I already did it for three hours on TV today Now I get to talk to you guys Let's just get into it, best weekend of the year 10 takes in 10 minutes start the clock take number one Bills Chiefs this year was better than the Bills Chiefs 13 second game it was better than the overtime game I loved this game from start to finish I think it was cleaner I think it was better football there were no interceptions thrown there were no sacks there was only seven penalties combined which you'll take Can we all just thank the Lords right now that we're not sitting here this morning talking about some wild officiating controversy that happened in any of these games? It's great. I thought this one was better, though. A lot of the stuff that happened in the 13-second game and the meltdown by the Bills was bad football. It was really bad defensive football for them. And then there's all this controversy about the coin toss and whatnot. This was just a really good football game between two really good teams and the better team won. I loved this game from start to finish. I loved the weird twists and turns. I mean, you could go through and talk about it for 20 minutes and not even mention... DeMar Hamlin was running a fake punt. What? Or that the Chiefs fumbled out the back of the end zone and ended up not burning them. And the DeMar fake punt didn't burn the Bills either. The field goal, the tragedy, everything. I loved this game so much. It was two great teams. Great, great NFL product. Just awesome. Wasn't that a great game? I would rewatch that game like I'd rewatch a movie just to put it on six weeks from now, six months from now, six years from now. I would watch Bills Chiefs in January 2024 and just enjoy it. Take number two, Mahomes is inevitable. It's an amazing thing because you, you get tongue-tied when you're trying to say, all right, shoot, I got to praise Mahomes again. I've kind of done that for years. What can I do now? I just think it is so unbelievable that he he only plays title game seasons at worst. That's it. That's the streak that I want to remember Mahomes by years and years from now when I'm a grandfather or he's retired. That he he didn't he doesn't do losing the divisional rounds. It just doesn't, it's not what he does. Never mind the wild card round. He doesn't even ever bow out in the divisional. It's almost as if it's his contract or his agreement written in blood with the football gods. Just know, I never, ever lose earlier than the title game round. I don't always win the title game, but I always get to it. I usually host it. I always play in it. It is like a, a concert performer or a headliner who only does stadiums. Not arenas, not amphitheaters. I'm so big and so good and just such a badass. I only play the largest possible venue in every city that I go to. Mahomes only title games. We've talked ad nauseum this week about oh, he never played a road game, never not a true road game in the playoffs. He's never lost in the divisional round, and he is probably mad this year because he actually had to play in the wild card round and won again. It's just an amazing testament to him and how good he is. Take number three. Kelsey showed up big time, man. Travis Kelsey hadn't scored a touchdown in what felt like months, and you know why? Because it was months. And sure enough, big game, bright lights, cold atmosphere, unfriendly crowd, bam, right out of the gates, long touchdown. Bam, another one of these old Andy Reid bag of tricks touchdown on something called flash screen. The second touchdown Travis Kelsey run, they hadn't run that place since Alex Smith was the quarterback. That predates Mahomes, which like goes back to, <laughs> to 2017, somewhere around there, and they did it you know, I, I had been on Kelsey. I've been taking pot shots and cracking jokes. And the way I do harmlessly is just to bust chops that he really hadn't shown up much this year, statistically. And I'm like, is he hurt? Is he old? Is he falling apart? And then you put him against Buffalo and he just kills him. You have to respect it. Just kills him. Absolutely kills him. Take number four. The Bills aren't growing. They're not evolving. This is the same deal over and over. Division run loss. Division run loss. They're Chiefs that they play every year. The Chiefs have been to six title games. The Bills have been to one. And in that title game, they got hammered by the Chiefs. This is the cold, hard reality. If you're if you're not evolving, you're dying. And I look at the Bills right now, a lot of the ways you look at the Cowboys, it's Groundhog Team. You show up, it's an exciting regular season, you have some really talented players, and it's kind of a similar loss. That's what's so deflating, I think, about a Bills fan this morning. It's not just, oh, we lost in the playoffs again. It's, we lost a home game in the playoffs to the team we can't beat, who's playing on the road for the first time. We did it in a year when Joe Burrow, who's the other guy who really, really matters in the AFC playoffs, is completely out, which leaves a gap, which I don't think is insignificant. And our kicker missed again, and our star wide receiver dropped a huge pass. They're not growing. And Schrager was saying this morning on Good Morning Football that there is an incredible club of quarterbacks who are. Hall of Famers, or just generally really respected franchise quarterbacks over years who never even so much as played in a Super Bowl. I'm not talking about Marino or Kelly who got there and didn't win. Warren Moon, Dan Fouts, Phillip Rivers, on and on. Never played in a Super Bowl. Is Doss Allen going to be in that club? God, I hope not. I love watching him play. I love a lot of the things he stands for. But this whole take about the Bills can't get over the hump. Guys, they, they can't get to the hump. Getting over the hump is not winning the divisional round. Getting over the hump is winning a Super Bowl. They can't even sniff that thing. It's really frustrating. Take number five. They need their super friends. They have Superman. Where's the super friends? I'm really frustrated with Stefan Diggs this morning because it's the end of a really, really average, underwhelming season, and he had another average, underwhelming playoff game, specifically on the drive that ended in the missed field goal. Josh Allen threw what looked like a 200-yard pass and Diggs dropped it. And, like, he's a big play receiver, right? He's made a lot of big plays. He's made a lot of big plays in playoff games. He just dropped it. And it just wasn't there this year. So where are they going? They drafted tight end in the first round last year, Dalton Kikade. He mattered. He'll get better. He's a good player. I promise him there. Are they ever going to say, screw it, we're going to spend our first round pick on a wide receiver and bring in a new guy in here? The kicker. The other thing about the kicker. I know that take is out there that's very convenient and it's very tired and it's very cliche about... Hey, you can't put this all on the kicker. There's a lot of other plays to be made. I know that. And I'm not putting it all on the kicker. But you damn well better be sure I can put some on the kicker. This is not seventh grade. You're an adult professional, a multimillionaire who's getting paid a huge paycheck to make kicks. It's a 44-yarder in your home state, You know, like the back of your hand. And it was a no-doubt miss from the second it hit your laces. I don't want Tyler Bass to be flambéed, but he should take some. Dude, what the hell happened? It was a terrible kick. Really frustrating. you got to play better than that. Take number six. Lamar Jackson needed that. He needed That hit the spot, didn't it? Everything about Lamar is always so contentious in the debate online and his apologists and his defenders and his accusers of can't do this, can't do that. In the first half, he looked really shaky in the sense that they just didn't score much. And there's a long history that we've been talking about for weeks now of the Ravens under Lamar showing up in playoff games and not only just being flat, but being really terrible and inefficient in the first quarter early. It wasn't great in the first half. In that second half, he just leaned back and unleashed hell on Houston, on every one of his critics. 100 yards rushing, four total touchdowns, just looked really, really good. You don't want Lamar to go down that path, or if he were to lose that game or to underwhelm in that game, you start getting this reputation of a really talented player who's great in the regular season and shows up never really amounts to much, like the NBA equivalent being Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul for a lot of his career. These guys who sometimes they'd be first-team All-NBA and they'd be one and done in the playoffs. Like You don't want Lamar to do that, and he's not, and now he's at home in the title game. He needed that, and he got it. Take number seven, I think the Lions are going to win the NFC title game. I have a prediction right now, Monday morning. I think they're going to win that game. I really like the Lions team. I really like Goff. The storyline's going to be big. He's the first pick in the draft. Rock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. Goff is going back to where he played college ball and became the number one pick in the draft at Cal. He's going to a stadium in San Francisco he's incredibly familiar and comfortable with. He played there a lot as a Rams quarterback. I just think there's a lot of things that you tout for the Niners, and I think the Lions have an equal answer for them. I really do. McCaffrey's amazing. Gibbs is amazing. Kittle, Laporta, Shanahan, Ben Johnson. I like the Lions in this game because take number eight... 49ers really, really need Debo Samuel. It's a huge deal. If you watch the game, he spent most of it in a sweatshirt on the sideline cheering on his team, wanted to go back in with a shoulder injury and couldn't. Brock Purdy was not great. The Niners kind of survived, whereas the Ravens dominated the other one seed. If they don't have Debo, they're a totally different team, and I think they will lose to the Lions. I've been wrong predicting against the Niners before. I like what the Lions have going. I like what Campbell has going. But never mind the mojo and the revenge and the chip on the shoulder and the dumb soundbites. I just really like their players. I really like their talent. I don't know right now if there's a non-quarterback player left in the playoffs that has impressed me more in the last couple of weeks than Jameer Gibbs. He flies off the screen, man, when you're watching him. Damn, he looks like he's fast forward. He looks like he's more talented than anybody out there. I like the Lions next week. Take number nine. Jack Black is exactly the guy you want him to be. I'm talking about the actor, the rock star, the comedian, Jack Black, School of Rock. I did a promo that I got to do for his Kung Fu Panda movie that's coming out, and I got to meet Jack Black. All I can tell you is he shows up exactly like you want him to, like Jack Black. What up? What's up, Kyle? How you doing, man? Rock and roll, funny, kind, cracking the everybody up and the camera people up. He's awesome on set. He was totally loose. They say don't meet your heroes, that's nonsense. I met Jack Black, one of my favorite celebrities in the world, and he could not have been a cooler, nicer guy. Take that home. I'm not gonna come back and tell you, yeah, Jack Black was kind of a jerk. He was awesome. Take number 10, Back to the Future is really hard to watch with your kids, trying to do what most of us do and educate our kids on movies from the 90s and 80s. I had my 10-year-old watch Back to the Future. He loved the, the DeLorean, he loved Marty. It's really hard to explain to your 10-year-old the storyline whereby Marty decides he's gonna force himself on his mother to try to get George to save him. marty what what kind of plan was that so i'll be sitting in the car with my mom and i'm going to start putting my hands on her against her will and then you come save us George. (laughs) i know it's been said before and i've thought about it before and i've laughed at it but when the movie's winding down and you're in that last 20 minutes and your 10 year old is really riveted and trying to understand most of the time travel stuff and he goes what is marty doing (laughs) and what is he telling george Never mind, let's just fast forward and get to it I don't even want to explain it to you, it's just a ridiculous plan I went over, I'm not supposed to do that I'm breaking my own rules, that's 10 minutes That's 10 takes, with a little bonus Marty McFly, incredulous parenting take I love you guys, thank you guys The next time I speak to you guys We're going to know our Super Bowl matchup I'll tell you right now I think it is going to be Lions Chiefs I do, which means I think Both road teams are going to win I might be wrong. It might be Niners-Ravens, and we'll celebrate the one seeds, and that'll be really cool and really fun and exciting. It doesn't happen all that often. I think it's going to be Lions-Chiefs in Las Vegas. That's a bonus take. That was like a 12th or 13th take. I got to stop. Stop talking, Grant. You said 10 takes in 10 minutes. I'm out of here. See you guys next week. 10 Takes is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more iHeartRadio pods, go to the iHeartRadio app.